What's up, everybody? So we're back with another episode of the Flip Podcast. So today I bring a good friend of mine, holistic life coach, Dr. Levi Dyke. Rise with Nike. That's going to be an introduction. Um, so I met Levi at one of our events at USI. And I remember this kid showing up and we did this uh, strong competition. And I'm like, who's this kid? And why is he ramping out these cleaning jerks like no tomorrow? Um, so I know you remember that. And I spoke to Beach about the today. So Levi, welcome to the show. How are you, brother? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to, to talk and connect and, you know, you know, get the message out there. Yeah, absolutely. So the pleasure is mine. So like I mentioned to you, I was talking to BJ a couple of weeks ago and we got in this comp uh, conversation for mindfulness and wellness and so forth. So there's a lot of open questions that I have for you. But um, as I was reading your uh, questions for me, the first thing that kind of struck and I was like, that's the true definition of who you are as a person. You said my identity is being a father of that three-year-old boy. And I've seen a lot of your videos and pictures of it. And I got to say respect, like not many people these days will remember that being a parent is the number one goal for them. And truly like when I read that question, like read it, it brought up like a tear to my eye. I was like, wow, good for you, man. Um, and aside from that, you're a coach, you're a leader, you're a mentor for a lot of people. You were a student at USA, I remember that for OT and now you're a businessman. So life has put you in a great circle with so many blessings around. Um, so talk mm -hmm. to me, how do you feel these days? How's the pandemic been treating you? Um, and you're in Arizona, correct? Yeah, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Nice. Um, and, you know, just going back to, you know, that identity as a father, uh, it's for me, it's been something that's been my center, you know, it's, yeah. it's where everything else attaches out from. And so, you know, being a father and being able to provide that presence for my son has allowed me to provide presence for myself, uh, for my clients, and then everything just reaps rewards off of that. My, you know, my other relationships, friendships, family, um, my relationship with my health and my body, and then, you know, just the financial abundance, you know, the, the abundance of health, everything just resonates from that centerpiece. And I think that if someone can really find that centerpiece for themselves and like their, their purpose here, their identity, whether, you know, and that's always something that can shift in life and just finding that center for yourself right now. And then everything else can, can resonate from that. I think it's just a really powerful place to be. It puts you in the driver's seat of your life. That's awesome. And we're going to start it with just that. So finding your centerpiece of why you belong. So I think as a holistic coach and as a wellness coach for yourself, that's one of the biggest things you're teaching your clients. So what are the obstacles that you've seen that people have faced to actually find the true within, like their true sense of purpose? What have you overcome and how are you helping these guys? Well, I think the biggest thing is we get bogged down by, you know, we have stress from work or job we have stress for money and maybe not feeling like you have enough or stress from just overall stress right and it affects our health and it and it keeps us kind of in this bogged down state where our true natural selves are our powerful beings you know we we're full of human potential uh full of spiritual potential and just clearing all that stuff out of the way clearing out those those thoughts that come in that stress you out or clearing out the, the thoughts about yourself that 
maybe you don't want to be thinking, you know, just clearing all that stuff out and really getting down to that center and creating from that place. Um, I think that one of the biggest obstacles for me is I see people not being aware of what's actually influencing their thoughts, right? From everything from the music that we listen to, the people we surround ourselves with, the news, the media, you know, social media is a huge influence on our thoughts right now as a society, as a collective. And I just think, you know, bringing awareness to all these different sensory inputs that come into, you know, our everyday life and, you know, having boundaries around that. Like, I don't even have a TV myself, you know, just because I don't want, I don't want that, you know, I want to be the person who I have the most influence in my life, you know, not sitting down and and listening to people tell me how to think, how to believe and how to act. That's, you don't own a TV. I don't own a TV. (laughs) Yeah, we're 2021, this man does have a TV. Um, Good for you, bro. And that's, that's awesome, right? And I think that I agree with you. A lot of times people don't realize around us what's really the influence. And social media right now, sky's the limit with how much influence it could create for you. but I feel like for you, that wasn't the reason of who you are today. There's more to your story. And if I go to number six, and we talked about your life at, at the age of 17, and I think going through that process of your life, and if you want to open that story, I would love for you to share that story with the people and just tell them how you overcame, because that itself is a huge obstacle, right? I have a friend currently dealing with a similar situation. I'm just watching the level of growth in her and um, and I feel like for you, that defines you as the person we are seeing today. Um, so if you would love to share that story with the people, that'd be great. Absolutely. I mean, that that story was, you know, that time in my life was, it was earth shattering, I would say. You know, if I could go back and, and sit in the shoes of me at 17, it was like, holy shit, man. Like, like it just w- woke me up, you know. I was kind of on autopilot for, uh, you know, at that time in my life, we're 17, you know, we're, you know, we're interested in girls and I was a big sports guy, you know, it just, nothing really seemed real. You didn't have any responsibilities, you know, my parents provided for me and, you know, I had a little job here and there, but you know, just life was good. Life was easy. It was simple. School was easy. And all of a sudden I get smacked with this news. I, I have cancer now. Okay. So what does that mean? It's like, okay, I can't play sports anymore. Okay, I'm, I am not an athlete anymore. I'm not that identity that I, uh, you know, kind of had just my whole life growing up. And so that really brought me to this moment of like, okay, what is, what, what can I do right now, right? What can I do? I need to, you know, one, you know, search for, God, some kind of spirituality, God within myself, and bring in this power and and touch base with these roots, these foundations of, you know, spirituality, mindset, what are my thoughts, what are my emotions, you know, how am I feeling about this situation, and then going on to, you know, my physical body was just, it felt like I was a prisoner in my body, Um, you know, I was sick, I was constantly throwing up, I was... You know, I couldn't even raise my shoulder like this, you know, do a simple shoulder shrug after my surgery. So it was, it was a journey of, you know, self-discovery, but also, you know, coming back from 135 pounds, once I, you know, got rid of everything, I had to fight back. And, you know, in that fight back, 
I, the first thing I did was go to the weight room and try to learn how to, you know, uh, you know, lift some weights. And that was a, a, that was a big, big anchor for me at that time in my life because that provided me an outlet, provided me some certainty, some stability. Um, and so that's where I fell in love with, with training and, you know, physical training and, and prepping our bodies for and our minds for these different things that tasks will throw at us. That's beautifully done um, and beautifully said. And I, 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 that's, I feel like when I was at 17, I had an ACL injury, nowhere near comparison to um, your story, but I was in the same mindset when I got hurt. I was like, wow, I can't play soccer for X amount of time. I'm out of the game. I wanted to go on. And then the weight room is how I found my my joy is my bread and butter. I was like, you know, how's this iron? And I went with my athletic trainer every day. And I'm like, can you teach me how to work out? I don't know how to do this thing. Yeah. And here we are a couple of years later. And it's like, I love it. I'm addicted to it. And I, I and, <laughs> right. And you, you fall into this, like the sense of joy. And I feel like in the gym, it's the best time for me to check out. So we already talked about like getting rid of those distractions and so forth and just focusing on you for an hour. So I barely talk to people during that time. I barely like have content that I just, just zone out. It's my time. It's my hour and my, my way of finding my truest potential. And that's what you've done for yourself since the age of 17, right? Your biggest, your body, your mind constantly shifting. You're, you're going to live to your highest potential. And that's one of your biggest motivation factors, right? Is to live to your highest potential. And I see that. I can tell by that story. So you begin at a really young age and you're still doing it. So I know that at 17, having cancer definitely changes you and so forth. Was that the only obstacle in your life that's really changed you who you are today? That was a starting point, but I'm sure there was more. Having a son definitely becomes a, okay. a new challenge, right? Yeah, without, without question. Um, I mean, is it seems like you know every huge period of growth that I've had in my life, I can attribute attribute it to uh, pain in some sort, whether it was emotional pain, physical pain, you know, being sick, whatever the case was. It's like humans, as a general, typically we need some sort of pain to wake us up, you know, in terms of getting off that autopilot and you know having a son at, at at the time that i did he's he's about to turn three so you know whenever i found out i was having a son it was just like mind shattering that was just another event, life event you know like you were saying that just it's like okay and that's where i walked into a crossfit gym and when i walked into a crossfit gym i you know it, it wasn't like i found crossfit it crossfit found me um, was essentially what it was because I had you know that background up until that point of training and, and you know working out but this brought another factor this brought community this brought you know and it raised the bar on intensity it, you know and it allowed me to use my body in a different way than I had used before you know doing the gymnastics moves and things like that you know so it gave me some some sort of focus another sort of clarity another sort of stability in my life when at that time when I found out I was having a son, it felt like nothing was stable, nothing was certain, you know, and it just felt like a very scary moment for me. So that, that gym, walking into that gym, you know, just provide that, that clarity for me. That's awesome. Both times you're going to the gym for a new resource um, yeah. and you're still doing CrossFit, correct? You're still in the... In the yeah, yeah. I still, I, still uh, I don't train CrossFit quite as much as I used to. Mm -hmm. um but i do you know i do coach a class from now 
from time to time. And that's where my coaching career, you know, started was uh, at CrossFit gym in, in Philly. Awesome. So now let's, let's talk who you are. So Dr. Levi Dyke, you are a occupational therapist, you're a holistic life coach, you're a CrossFit coach, you're a businessman, you're a father. How do you find, and I ask this because I feel like during the pandemic, a lot of us are struggling with this in many ways, but the work-life balance, being stuck in four corners, working from home, and you know, you can't really split away. But even then, besides the pandemic, how are you finding to, to find yourself in that work-life balance situation? I feel like you're doing a great job of it. You're, you're as calm as anything. Um, and you're doing a lot for sure. And people might not realize it. You might not even realize it, right? So yeah. what's your what's your sequencing? What's your what's your go-to? How are we how are we managing? Yeah, the first thing I do is I schedule time for myself. Um, and you know, I think that that is con it, it's con it contradicts what a lot of people think. You know, a lot of people think I need to grind, 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 whatever the job is, I need to go work, work, work. But you know, in my schedule, in my weekly schedule, I schedule time for myself. It's like, okay, I'm going to work out three times a week. All right. What time, what days, what time I'm going to hike once a week, what day, what time, you know, I'm going to go to the sauna and, and do a cold plunge. I'm going to meditate what days, what time, you know, whatever the thing is for me that aligns me to me, I schedule that first because I've learned that everything just reverberates out of that. You know, whenever I schedule my time and I fulfill myself with my time, I am better able to serve others. I'm better able to lead others. I'm better, you know, I'm more present with my son. I'm more present in this conversation because I've scheduled my time. And, um, you know, a lot of times uh, individuals get caught up, uh, just do, do, do for others, you know, to fulfill these roles and these different needs and things, but they forget about themselves and without realizing that everything really comes back to you. If you just fill your cup up, then you have, you know, more to give. The moral of the story is be a little selfish with your time for yourself and you'll be happier and you'll find more work-life balance. And I agree, right? I think that's the biggest thing even now as young professionals, as we're adapting, we're not just doing our job. We're doing 18 other things and then mm -hmm. in the mix of it you can lose all those things like like i talked to beach about it too like you know he's starting his own business he did this and i remember he mentioned that he spent a week with you just to get that sense of clarity um and and that's what he mentioned so it's like the whole mindfulness comes into play of just really shutting your mind off and then community you just mentioned the word community in that CrossFit thing. And I feel like you're establishing community within your circle of people that are self-driven, self-motivated, but also selfish in the sense of their time, meaning that they're going to take care of themselves first. If we're not taking care of ourselves first, then how do we take care of all the people reaching out for help? How are we taking care of all those? Right? Absolutely. So where does that, where does that put you as a, as a coach? So in the terms of like meditation, holistic aspects of it, how are you coaching your, your peers and people that are reaching out to you to do that? Cause I feel like it's easier for guys like us to do, right? It's easier for us to go right down this time knowing that, you know, what, if I miss something, it's okay. But the average person is so high with anxiety and driven to do, 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 to get them to slow down is, is hard. Right. And even in a pandemic where we were all told to slow down, it's still quite significantly a challenge to do. So how is how is the coaching aspect come out for you? Well, it, it, 
it's, you know, general, I can answer that question generally. Um, of course, you know, as you know, it depends on the client, depends on where, where that gap is that, you know, they're missing in terms of their goal and where they're at now. So it's a very individualized thing, but you know, I can, I can tell you for sure the number one top, the top two things, your breath and your language are, are the two different things that I use, you know, with anyone that, that comes to me with whatever goal it's learn to breathe with your belly, with your diaphragm, a nice deep inhale through your nose, a nice slow exhale, you get yourself into that parasympathetic state so that things can become clear because that cuts out that stress response right away. You do, you do seven deep inhales into your belly using your diaphragm, drops your blood pressure, drops your heart rate. You're able to get into this calm, grounded state of mind. Then everything can become clear. It's like, oh, okay, now that I've, I have practiced using my breath, now my, per, my perceptions on everything else in life have just become farther away. And whenever I can get things farther away, I can, I can focus on them. They don't feel like they're right here crowding me, right? We can't see anything right here in front of our face, but we can focus on something that's out here. So using that breath to push, push something out here, whether it's, you know, a, a relationship or a business dispute, or, you know, you just, you're not making time for yourself or whatever the, the thing is that you want to improve in your life, get, get the stuff out here with your breath. And then you can focus on the clarity and what you need to do to take action on that. Um, and then with your language, you know, a lot of people don't realize how their language, the words that they use actually limit them. They limit, uh, their potential on whatever the situation is in life, you know, just take using simple language reframes such as, you know, this happened to me and changing that to this happened for me, or this happened so that this opportunity can, you know, I can see this opportunity now and I can take action on that. And, you know, just simple little tweaks to your language and looking at how your language could potentially be limiting you is such a powerful tool in itself. I think the real pandemic is not, you know, not to take anything away from COVID or anything like that and, and the effects of COVID, but I think a real pandemic in our society is victim mentality is people wanting to to complain people wanting to you know not take responsibility for their life and for things that have happened to them and instead they just they just want to you know be consumed by that victimhood instead of putting themselves in the driver's seat and taking responsibility for their life wow i had to take a minute to soak all that in so i read the book by uh tony robbins awaken the giant within um, and in part of his book, and I'm sure, I'm sure you've read it, if not highly recommend it, he had an entire chapter that was directed towards language and basically key words that you would remove from your language to import and put new words in, whether it was a, a negative word to make it more positive or a positive word to enhance the positivity of it. So that right there no one really thinks about even till day after reading that book and i, I wrote all those words on the whiteboard mm -hmm. i still have it try to implement it, it's a hard task to do implementation of that is is hard it's it's a yeah. challenge and it makes it 
more of a challenge because I think a lot of times we start to just speak before we think, right? We just start to just blur it all out. We're angry, we just let it out. We're upset, we let it out. If we're happy, we just let it out. But instead of taking the 10 seconds to stop, breathe, and remind ourselves to really put a good sentence together that might just change the entire aspect of it is, is phenomenal. Um, Absolutely. So that, that's a great lesson he just told you. And then the second thing that I want to acknowledge is victimizing society and the constant urge to complain. And even now being in, in physical therapy on a 12, 10 hour shift, that's all you hear is constant complaints, complaints, complaints. And everyone's like, I'm in pain. I'm this. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And you as a coach, you're just like, my head's spinning. I'm like, no. It, right? That, that complaining, man, being in pain, like, you know, that just re, it reverberates more pain because you're, you're just, you're blurting it out. And so more is going to come back to you because you're focusing on the pain. You know, like, what if you focus on all the great things that your body can do? right? Maybe your knee is, is okay. Maybe your knee is hurting, but you know, how about, you know, you actually walked up the stairs today, you know, whatever the case is, right? There's so many good things and just shape shifting that perspective and taking away the focus from the negative, putting the focus on the positive, it, it will, it will open up doors for, for an individual and it will allow them to see their true potential. And, you know, just changing that focus, that's where the power of manifesting is, is, is being so focused on what we want and not really paying attention to what we don't want because that doesn't do us any good. That's really well said. I have a patient now that had the same situation, right? He came in with X, this pain, we fixed it. And then, oh, I have this pain here today and that pain there tomorrow. But I'm like, ultimately, you were here for this pain. You're able to do this, this, and that today. So where's the issue? You're, you're young, your body's adapting, you're going to have aches and pains in a day, it's going to happen. But that kind of what, what you said, it makes me think of the word gratitude. Yeah. Showing gratitude for what you actually have. And I don't think not, uh, enough people do that. I don't think people can sit there and just write down their blessings or show gratitude for what they what they really have and now the pandemic has, has occurred and you lost a lot of things but i think in the pandemic guys like yourself the holistic coaches the coaches that have the true understanding of mindfulness stand out more why because you do the simple task you live a very simple life to remind yourself of all the true blessings you have right mm -hmm. Totally. And that just provides that, you know, one, the clarity, like a clear focus on positive situations, but also it provides this feeling of stability. It's like if I focus on uh, the thousand dollars, just for instance, thousand dollars that I do have and the instead of the fifty thousand dollars that I don't have, like what kind of a feeling what kind of a vibration do you think that that is going to pull within me rather than if I focus on the negative and what I don't have it's going to pull negative vibrations and you know everything in this world is energy and so the energy that we put out we get back and if we just focus on the things that we have the things that we are grateful for the blessings in our life we're just going to get more and more of that stuff the good stuff more blessings that's awesome and I feel like as a business owner um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like just given the amount of energy you're putting out there um, with your content, with your, your thought process and so forth, is that the energy you attract is what you want? 
you, you've, you've gotten that positive energy and your clients are getting that positive energy, but you know, they might have some little barriers in the way, but mm -hmm. over the last couple of years, have you adapted that to your current business model? Absolutely. Everything about my business, everything about what I do is coming from that same aspect of like, you know, whether it's working with a client, just taking them one step above where they are in terms of their mindset or their health or, you know, their spirituality, whatever the case is, it, you know, just looking for that 1% change and then that 1% change the next time and the 1% change that time. And before you know it, you look back on a, a year and your life can be completely different. And, um, that, that's the case for me. Like if, if I would have been sitting in this chair a year ago, like, and I was watching my life on a movie screen, I, you know, I, it, it was, it's more right now than I could have dreamed of in a year. Um, and, you know, I just focus on that. I focus on how grateful I am to be in this, in this chair right now and living the life that I do. And, you know, I know in a year from now, it's going to blow my mind again. Yeah, absolutely. And you're, and you're always finding your truest potential for yourself. And we talked about it in previous episodes of my podcast of finding the coach that is kind of like practicing what they preach, but it's not the same coach in front of you. Quite often in our industry, what you're finding is someone's going to hire Coach Joe or Mary or whoever it is. And two years from now, Coach Joe and Mary are the same exact person that were in front of me since day one. And that's not what you want. And you just said it yourself. In a year from now, you expect to be in a different position, but at the same level of happiness and same level of joy. And, you know, acquire more positive energy or acquire more knowledge on the topic or something. But you're always improving to find your truest potential. And that's what you're enhancing in your clients. And that's the message both Levi and I are trying to give to the viewers today is that your coach should be your coach for life in many aspects, right? So overall, yes, you know, you have background in CrossFit, you have occupational therapy, you have physical therapy, you have strength and conditioning, but th those aren't all we do in a coaching environment, right? We're, we're changing the mind. We're changing, making you look at every aspect, nutrition, mind, body, soul. Mm -hmm. And that's what truly defines a, a good life coach and a coach in a sense. Um, I feel like your, your, your true life, and if I listen to everything you've said to me this past half hour is, you're currently adapting in every moment that you've been presented with from the age of 17. Um, and I feel like you're still adapting, you're still growing and so forth. So currently the pandemic, and we'll touch base on that was a, as a, as a big topic of discussion. And I know you're not on, on TV and social media, but it's continuing to change lives and so forth. What has that done for you? Uh, so the, the, whole, the whole situation with the pandemic has really allowed me to take a step back and just ask the question is and look at it as an opportunity. You know, so many individuals I think are focused on how bad the economy is or how bad, you know, things are, but you know, you should just shift that focus into, okay, change is inevitable no matter what we know that. And, now is an opportunity for me to change things. You know, I, all I need to do is change because times are changing. You know, things aren't going to go back to the way that they were before the pandemic. I truly don't believe that. We, you know, this has been a year long process and we're still going through it as a, as a collective. And 
I think a lot of individuals are still stuck on, oh, things are eventually going to get back to normal. No, things aren't going to get back to normal. It's your opportunity to create a new normal for you. So for me, it was, you know, okay, I asked the question, okay, how can I still serve? How, how am I able to help other people? And just going about that in a different way. I do a lot more um, over the phone coaching sessions. I do a lot more in-home visits for clients. Um, you know, just whatever it is that I need to do to get in front of someone to help them, I'm going to do it. And so all I have to do is ask that question is, what can I do differently? Here's the, the situation I'm presenting with currently. Here's where I want to go. Now I just got to fill that gap. And, you know, it, it really allowed me to be able to be comfortable with the discomfort, allowed me to be uh, adaptable, resilient. And it was just an opportunity to, to shine a light on all those areas that, um, that were maybe weak in my psyche and weak in my thinking, weak in my, my process. And it allowed me to shine the light on that and, you know, fill those gaps. That, that's awesome. And I agree with you. I think the pandemic, like you said, should be allowing you as an individual to find your new norm because the norms kind of established itself. Um, I don't see a lot of things going back to normal. I agree with you there. I don't think it's going to happen. But what are we as individuals doing to match the current demands of the population to help them out? And he said to himself, he's adapting to, you know, in-home visits, online calls, and so forth. And I feel like right now is the time for coaches to realize that this is probably going to be, in terms of mindfulness and mental health, is the biggest step for our careers. Mm -hmm. And adapting to be better coaches and understand those lessons, correct? Just Yeah, yeah. I mean... And it's an opportunity for, like you were saying, like a coach, whether it's Jim, Bob, or Sally, that, you know, you want them to grow. It's an opportunity for the coach themselves to grow in their business, for them to grow in their spirituality, for them to grow in their mindfulness and their, and their presence. You know, if you look at the great, the great teachers, I, I consider being a coach to be a teacher. Right. Whether we're teaching someone how to move or teaching someone how to, you know, just shift their perspective a little bit. We're teachers at the end of the day. Um, If you look at the greatest teachers in history, you know, Gandhi, Jesus, uh, Muhammad, Buddha, you know, whatever, whatever your, your, your person is, your archetype to look up to in terms of that, you know, why were they the greatest teachers? Because they taught from the heart and they taught from being like they were that person, you know, you didn't have to question if Jesus was, was going to be honest and truthful and forthcoming from, from a place of love, you know, you didn't have to question if Buddha was, was going to be present, you know, it's, it's a teaching by being. And I think that that's super important. And it's a, this is an opportunity for a coach or a teacher to just step into that next level of themselves and, you know, help others. That's agreed, right? Teaching from the heart will take you a lot further as a coach than to just read a book and just start going textbook and looking at every client like your textbook will tell you to do, looking at every patient the same way. Um, And with that piece of advice, folks, we're going to take a quick break and be right back with you. 
So we're back with Dr. Levi Dyke, um and the epiphany of mindfulness and the, the last 45 minutes plus that we've talked, I just spent a new sense of calm within myself, um, just speaking to him. And I think the, the beauty of it is there's so many lessons within it that you can't even pinpoint exactly at what point what lesson was being taught to us, at what point what he was trying to tell us from his stories. But you can go back and replay and each time you'll learn something new from this man. Um, and with that, I want Levi to give us his three pieces of advice for someone that comes in and chaos hits and it's hard for us to kind of get our brain together and clutter, declutter ourselves and focus on him. Um, and you've done a great job with, with everything that you've talked to us about. So what would be your three pieces of advice for the people? So the number one thing, I would do is to find alignment and find alignment in terms of find alignment with yourself, with your heart. And there's multiple modalities that you can use as an individual to get there. You know, for me, I use my breath uh, or I'll go out in nature and, and feel like I'm a part of nature or, you know, I'll move my body in a workout, get a sweat going, or I'll hop in a sauna, and or I'll meditate. You know, there's many modalities, but at the end of the day, we have to find something that brings us back to center and to that heart space. And so just, you know, explore those different modalities, whether it's meditation, whether it's go for a walk, you know, we all have our things. Some people, it's dancing. Some people, it's singing. Like, just get yourself to do something that brings you to your center and slows things down for you, gets you in the moment. And then from there, you know, when chaos hits, like if we can find that center, we can divert chaos away from us. You know, we can, we can block it. We can put, put up that shield if we need to. Um, uh, so number one thing is find your alignment. And once you find your alignment from there, I would say that the next two things, then number two would be find your dream. What is the dream situation? Like, so chaos hits. What, what is the ideal scenario that can come from this situation? You know, what is the best case result? And then how do you get there? Right? So identify your dream, write it down and feel what it feels like to be in that dream. Once you've once you identify that dream and you write it down, you have a clear, concise dream that you're going towards, whether it's a goal or, you know, whatever the, the thing is, whatever the situation is, write it down and believe that you're, you're you know, our words are, are, are spell casters, you know, our magic wands. You write something down, it can become your reality. And so, so number one, align yourself. Number two, find your dream create your dream. And number three, ask yourself, what, what do I need to do right now to get there? You know, whether it's have a, a hard conversation in a relationship or whether it's, you know, go start this business or whether it's, you know, maybe I just need to just have go on vacation and have, you know, enjoy life a little bit, you know, whatever the thing is, you know, just ask those questions. It's like, how do I get to my dream? And, we know our dream is solid because we came from this, you know, number one, this, this place of alignment from our heart and, you know, just, and just believing that, um, I teach a lot of people not to ask, you know, once they identify their dream, not to ask how, 
because the how is going to show itself eventually. You know, if you can define your dream, you can, you can define the what, the who, the when, the where, but just forget about the how. I think that how brings a lot of stress to individuals. And if you forget, if you forget about the how and you just trust that it it can happen and it's going to show itself and it's going to show itself and then you're going to know when to take action and how to go about that process. That's three great, great, great piece of advice for anyone listening. Um, And I feel like that just goes past the whole aspect of it's a career goal or anything. It's any goal, any dream you can have. Um, Moral of the story is being able to kind of develop in the moment and being able to adapt to what's in front of you and having a vision and staying focused on the vision. And a lot of times, like you said earlier on, is that we're so cluttered with so many different thoughts. It's so hard to find that sense of focus and that inner peace. So I think the biggest thing you can get from this entire scenario and situation of our conversation is being selfish for yourself, right? And it's not a bad thing. We're not saying to be 24-7 focused on you, but taking time to focus on you and writing it down, writing down your things that you're grateful for, writing down the things that align your dream and finding yourself. I think the alignment he talks about and he mentioned in his first tip, not many of us will do, even myself included. Sometimes I even forget. And the how, 180% agree with you how stress you out. How am I going to get this? How am I going to make this money? How am I going to happen? And it's a lot of courage that people require to forget the how and let it just happen. Um, So Levi, I thank you for coming on the show today and the insightfulness and the mindfulness that you have given and the sharing of your story. Um, Your son has one hell of a role model, brother. Um, and it's, it's, I really appreciate that, man. It's truly like, again, just reading your questions and stuff. And this was a conversation we could have forever, um, and just continue talking, but it's amazing to see how far you've come. It's amazing to see the story. And I agree with Beach when he mentioned to talk to you, because you do find a sense of calm in the, in the tone of your voice. And that's why we brought you on today was to be the wellness of what Swift Podcast stands for. Um, so again, I thank you for your time and I hope to see you again soon. Yeah, man, I, I would love to, you know, continue this conversation anytime. Just, you know, hit me up, reach out to me. I'd love to do it again. Absolutely. I, I appreciate your time and appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. And with that, folks, we will see you with another episode. Stay tuned till next week.